So I get to keep 100% of everything. You need to either be a top 1% marketing person to originate the cases, or you need to be a top 1% trial attorney. My goal is to be in the top 1% of personal injury attorneys in the U.S. and definitely in the Georgia areas. Welcome to Personal Injury Mastermind. I'm your host, Chris Stryer, founder and CEO of Rankings.io, the legal marketing company the best firms hire when they want the rankings, traffic, and cases other law firm marketing agencies can't deliver. Each week, you get insights and wisdom from some of the best in the industry. Hit that follow button so you never miss an episode. All right, let's dive in. As an attorney, your reputation is everything. It fuels referrals, builds trust, and grows your bottom line. Boutique law firm owner, Aston Hall has cultivated an incredibly strong personal brand, making her the go-to attorney in her community. Her thriving personal injury practice has grown out of a foundation of community engagement and niche specialization. She's generated organic word of mouth referrals, leading to a steady pipeline of clients. Specialization has enabled her to take on larger complex cases. Her journey shows what it takes to become a recognized leader. Today, Aston explains how homegrown marketing centered on reputation and relationships provides a model for lawyers aiming to elevate their practices. She provides the tactical building blocks any personal injury lawyer needs to get started on this pathway to success. Before opening her practice, she received her undergrad at Spelman, a tiny all-women's historically black college, and her JD from one of the largest schools in the nation, George Washington. After law school, she spent 12 years protecting millions of dollars in revenue at the Titan of Tech, Oracle. So how did she come to leave the corporate world behind and open her own firm? Here's Aston Hall, owner and founder of the Aston Hall Firm, explaining how she did it. In 2018, my husband, after three kids, uh, we decided to move back to Atlanta from the Northern Virginia area. Continued to work remote for Oracle for a while, but upon uh, moving back to Georgia, I took the Georgia bar, and um, they had a program called TILT, Trans Transition into Law Practice, that required that I go to some mandatory meetings throughout the state with different attorneys. The majority seemed to be personal injury attorneys. So when I realized like you, you know, I get to represent the people and not the powerful, I was like, oh my gosh, the only slogan my firm have, it has is passion for people, passion for justice, because I really love helping just the underdog fighting for their rights. You got the passion and that's one of the key components because if you don't, sometimes when that call comes in on a Saturday, you got to roll up the sleeves. You may not want to, but since you have the passion to help, that's amazing. You decided, you know, the best time ever, I'll just, I'll start the firm in 2020, right? at the start of the pandemic, you know, so some different challenges. What made you decide like, hey, now is the time. How did you deal with this chaos of the pandemic? My goal was to launch officially January 1st, 2020, which I did. So wasn't quite aware of the pandemic at, the time. <laughs> at that time. I consider it an advantage because I didn't have to really shift my practice from in the office, face to face, everything virtual now. I got to just start from scratch in that world. And I worked remote for Oracle for a while from 2018. I was used to online working and Zoom calls. And so it was really a, a smooth transition for me. And I and I kind of more so felt bad for the people who had to send everyone home, figure out how we're going to get in you know, contact with everyone and how we're going to communicate with the clients. I remember being an agency owner. It was like trying to get adoption to just Zoom was difficult. Like people are unsure what link to go to. And now it's just like second nature. It seems like everybody's using Zoom or Teams or Google Chat or something. So yeah, that was definitely a huge advantage for you. You know, one of the questions that I don't think is talked about enough is capital. 
allocation, like scale capital and starting up and some individuals get it from free cash flow or debt or private equity, you know, how did you approach like getting this thing going? And like, what was your thought process behind that? We were already in a virtual world, so I didn't have to, you know, break a lease or anything. I had a virtual office, so that was, you know, it's not expensive. It's maybe a hundred bucks a month for that. And then I just had my laptop and I signed on at first for, you know, one software company for case management. So it was pretty low cost. And I had, you know, a few cases one I actually, you know, acquired from another attorney. So it went to mediation. It was a medical malpractice case and we resolved it mid-July of 2020. So I used the profits from that case to then, you know, rev up anything else I might need to start now. So that that's amazing that you had a little capital and then and, and use that for momentum. How has your approach changed? Like, how, what are you doing now to get your name out there? How do you think about business development? And, you know, because you got this great experience, but, but you know, you need to get the lead to be able to showcase your expertise. I'm very involved in many organizations in my community. My husband is also a principal at a high school. I'll do donations to the school and they'll put me in like a newsletter. So very organic marketing right now. So I get to keep 100% of everything. And so it's really worked out very well because I'm not burning a lot of money in marketing, but I am getting a good amount of cases, some really good cases, actually. And that just comes from years of my reputation with my community organizations, they know that I love helping people <laughs> and um, they trust me. You know, I have a lot of people that fortunately know, like, and trust me. So I'm not selling myself on the calls. If someone calls me from a referral, they're like, such and such said to call you and that, and we just hit the ground running. <laughs> so I was a JV basketball coach, a high school teacher. And one of the things I noticed is there's tons of fundraisers and events from a, a business development standpoint for a law firm. It makes complete sense because they're always getting out in the community. So if you have that connection, it's a great way to get in front of a lot of people and be known. Just tell me about a few of those, maybe just to kind of get on people's radar. Maybe they're think a little bit differently about maybe even at that level versus maybe the collegiate or, mm -hmm. or wherever direction you're thinking. So like each school that he's been at, he's been at two different schools. Um, they, they're like, you know, a larger county, a lot of staff, you know, over a hundred staff members. So one lady, I know she sent me three really good cases. She did some like social work where she would say, hey, you know, we need these kids sponsored. And my firm would send, you know, a monetary donation. And so when she had a few family members that were in a really significant accident, I got three cases just from that one, that one employee. So, you know, getting started like that. And then I know um, they do the teacher of the month and it's like a $25 gift card to maybe Chick-fil-A or something. And I just sponsor that to just keep, you know, my name out there. And so at this other school, I've gotten quite, you know, one really large case that I did refer out because it's a pretty difficult premise liability death case. So um, it's at one of the top, top firms here in Georgia. Those are a few examples of just like from that. And for instance, I joined the VIP, which is Volunteer Initiative Program with the United Way. They do cohorts, I think twice a year. And it's about 50 people 25 on Mondays, 25 on Wednesdays. So one of the girls from there was like, oh, I was in an accident. You know, can you help me? I was like, sure. <laughs> so we were just in the same cohort together. So got clients again, just through being in the community and people knowing, you know, what I do. That's amazing. That reminds me kind of the philosophy, the principles of like those B&I groups 
where you kind of meet together with local businesses, but just being a part of the community. I always thought, you know, there's some different states have rules to where you can't like say put billboards up on the side of the road. And I always in the back of my mind, I'm like, oh, that that seems like an opportunity because I always think of the the negative as an opportunity. I'd be thinking, oh, okay, sports games, maybe, maybe out in the center field, you have a big, you know, home run at the home run mark or just because so many people come to these events. And yes, I love the the just different way of approaching grassroots marketing. One thing that's always been confusing to me is so many of these attorneys do Thanksgiving and Christmas. And I'm, I'm saying there's nothing wrong with that. That's better than doing nothing at all. But like, that's when everybody's doing it. So you, you have additional competition versus maybe the random pizza holiday. Aston has taken on more and more trucking cases over the years. To help her get maximum value from these cases, she joined the Academy of Truck Accident Attorneys. She explains how belonging to niche groups has a direct impact on her leveling up her practice. It is a specialized field, so my thing is I want to deliver and have the best knowledge, the best resources. I'm involved in a lot of things in GTLA, Georgia Travel Association. I go to a lot of their events, Gate City Bar, Keenan Nix puts on an excellent series which meets four times a year. I go, I go to that. So I'm always very actively involved in seeking the knowledge and expertise to learn and master the craft so that, you know, my goal is to be in the top 1% of personal injury attorneys in the U.S. and definitely in the Georgia area. So that requires me to go to these conferences and to, you know, just learn, just continuously learn, you know, CLEs, some attorneys shoot to meet the minimum to stay licensed. I probably have enough for the next five, 10 years already because I'm just, you know, always looking to learn. I go to the free Goldberg conferences and monthly meetings that they put on here. So I'm fortunate to be in Atlanta, where that, you know, organization is kind of led by Joe Freed. I do things on the West Coast as well, like with, you know, Trial Lawyers University and um, that group. And then this past summer in June, I went to Jerry Spence Method in uh, Du Bois, Wyoming, and spent the three weeks there on the ranch with no cell phone Wi-Fi to just really (laughs) learn home my trial skills. So, um, yeah, I'm just always in something. (laughs) I literally talked to James Helm from Top Dog Law yesterday. And he was talking about how to really be successful in this space, you need to be a top one percenter. He's e- he said you need to either be a top one percent marketing person to originate the cases, or you need to be a top one percent trial attorney. And I loved how you went right there. You're like, hey, I want to be I want to be the top one percent. And the things that you're doing is not the average, right? It's the average of just coasting. It's and that's how you're attracting these these great cases. Being a boutique firm and you get a range of these complex cases, you've had kind of a mix. So what's your thought process on like what cases to accept, which ones to refer out, which ones to kind of put your energy into being a, a boutique firm? Right. So if again, if it's the, a larger, more complicated like premise liability, and so if I need the additional resources or knowledge, then I will bring in a firm that specializes in that particular area to, since I'm so early in my practice, to learn and to grow, but to still make sure that the clients get the best services and, and the best um, result for their their issue. So that's my strategy is just what does my client need? What does the firm need? I also um, do I'm like kind of, of counsel for another attorney. I do all her litigation. And so 
I, you know, learn from that. I share a sweet space with another firm and um, that team and we share resources. And so just partnership and teamwork, <laughs> really. A lot of times we hear about the business books, the good to great, the, the e-myth, all this. You know, are there any particular litigation or trial or attorney specific books that had an impact? I mean, you mentioned Nick Raleigh and he had Running with the Bulls. Have any of those influenced you in your practice? Oh, yeah, I've read Running with the Bulls, but really, honestly, I listen to a lot of podcasts, I would say as well. But from the legal perspective, just actually going to legal events, there's so many on whatever area I feel like I need to learn if it's on depositions, mediations, and I just really hit the ground running. I think that I'm just very, you know, smart and resourceful. So um, if I had a, I had a MARTA bus deposition to take. So, you know, Atlanta especially is very, very cooperative. Like if you put something on that GTLA listserv and ask a question, someone is going to respond with an answer (laughs) or I can go to a mentor, have several mentors. They're going to respond with the answer as to where to go and, you know, what to look for to get the answer. So, you know, you're never alone unless you just don't reach out and you don't make those connections. You know, I think that that's also part of being in corporate America. You realize that the organization is the resource to other people there. They're the, the biggest resource that you have. And so you tap into that and you contribute as well as you, um, you know, you ask. And so there's other attorneys that reach out to me all the time for things and I send it, you know, if I have it, I send it, no problem. So that's fantastic. I love that, that, that mindset. What's next for you and your firm and how can uh, the audience listening uh, get in touch with you? Yeah, sure. So next is just, um, you know, we're going like 2024 is a leap year. So we're already planning to leap and to really, you know, expand and um, hoping to bring on some other attorneys who, you know, some of them have started their own practice, but they may, you know, need additional support. So coming up with either a structure where we can all work together or they can come under my organization and we can, you know, grow together and continue to, you know, to serve the people. So that's next, just, you know, a year of really expansion. And, you know, in terms of me personally, I'm going to, you know, take the California bar to expand where I practice at because I have a lot of, you know, connections and resources in California. They have a lot of more liberal, you know, venues and, you know, some good laws, some court reform, but, you know, I always say there's more people in LA County, I think, than the whole state of Georgia. So it's also to expand, you know, and add a West Coast um, and, you know, East Coast organization. Thanks so much to Aston for sharing her wisdom today. Let's hit the takeaways. Time for the pinpoints. Invest what you can. For some firms, that means reinvesting capital into the marketing budget. For Aston, investing her time has paid dividends. A homegrown approach to marketing only works when your network trusts you and your abilities. Like Aston says, it's all about reputation. I am getting a good amount of cases, some really good cases, actually. And that just comes from years of my reputation with my community organizations. They know that I love helping people <laughs> and um, they trust me. You know, that the whole thing is know, like, and trust. So I have a lot of people that fortunately know, like, and trust me. So I'm not selling myself on the calls. If someone calls me from a referral, they're like, such and such said to call you. And that, and we just hit the ground running. <laughs> so Don't be shy. Speak to everyone in your network about what you do. Check up on people in your network. It's an opportunity to genuinely connect, assess their needs, and remind them what you're looking for. I was having a conversation with a friend I met through another organization. We're just checking in. She was asking, you know, how was the business going? I said, you know, 
I want some like bigger cases and you know higher value cases and take fewer higher value ones. And I, I kid you not, probably about two weeks later, got a call from her. It just struck her that we just had that conversation. Put in the work. If you want to attract top cases, you have to be the best at marketing or the best trial attorney. Aston is dedicated to becoming the best, a process that requires time and dedication. You know, that requires me to go to these conferences and to just learn, just continuously learn. You know, CLEs, some attorneys shoot to meet the minimum to stay licensed. I probably have enough for the next five, ten years already because I'm just, you know, always looking to learn. For more information about Aston Hall, check out the show notes. While you're there, please hit that follow button so you never miss an episode of Personal Injury Mastermind with me, Chris Dreyer, founder and CEO of Rankings.io. All right, everybody. Thanks for hanging out. See you next time. I'm out.